What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. We're talking about practice, man. You're listening to Philly Sports with Giovanni. It felt really good to prove to everybody, but not only that, prove to ourselves that we we had great potential. And through the year, we just kept passing tests and passing tests. And eventually, we were the team to beat. Here's the man, the myth, the legend, Giovanni Hamilton. guys, welcome back to Philly Sports with Giovanni. Today we have one, Michael Barkham. What's up, man? What's up, my man, Giovanni? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. I've, I've been looking forward all week to speaking with you. And uh, I know it's your show and your podcast, but sometimes I get a little crazy. You know, I don't want to take over things. But, but I'm thinking about being on your podcast and I'm watching the game. On Sunday, and I thought, wonder what Giovanni's thinking about this whole thing with Wentz and Hurts. Because I know you're a Wentz guy. Obviously, you met him at training camp. I know that was a beautiful moment uh, for you. And um, I think even it, being a Wentz guy, certainly I'm a Wentz guy. I love Carson. But, you know, it, he's he's been struggling. So when Hurts, and the speculation was going into the game that Hurts was going to play. You know, or or that Carson might sit. And you're thinking, oh, please, I, I hope you play better so that 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 doesn't happen. Uh, but it did, and I thought, what, what were you thinking when that when you were, saw that whole thing set up? Um, I was I was thinking, as everyone knows, listening, Carson is my guy. But um, you know, Coach said that Jalen is going in, and uh, I have Carson's back, but. I have Jalen's back too. Going into this, you're a team guy. That's yep. Bottom line, and really, you know what? It is about the team. I'm the, you know, it, it always, it, it always makes me laugh uh, in a negative way when people talk about, well, are you kidding me? Like, like, uh, what, what happens if if Jalen? What if he plays well? And what? Well, that's what. That's the whole point. I mean, are you putting Jalen in so he plays poorly? No, you're putting Jalen in. So he plays well, and if he but here's the problem. This is the frustrating part about it is that Jalen's there at all. You know, they take him with the 53rd overall pick in the draft. That Jalen is on the team now. You have a viable option. I mean, this guy was was runner up in the Heisman Trophy, and and, and the, the guy he was runner up to was the number one pick in the draft for goodness sakes. And Joe Burrow, as you know, so, yep. so he was right there. So you're picking him 53rd, and. I don't think you pick a guy like that 53rd unless you have plans for him. And and so if he plays well, you got to keep playing him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the only thing that I'm worried about is that the Saints are, now, are in the top three. Uh, their defense is in the top three with sacks. And I don't think that our defense, offensive line is going to do very good because we don't have a healthy 
be Rooks, and we don't have a healthy Lane Johnson. And I'm just worried he's going to get hurt. Yeah, you mean uh, uh, Jalen? Yeah, um, uh, that would concern me as well. And but but that also gives him the opportunity to use his legs, and I think that that's not a small thing. When when you've got that kind of speed and agility and power, um, and you've got the arm, my thing is Giovanni that you you've got to use you got you got to take what the defense gives you, you've got to use your strengths to your advantage. And when it was like when we, when we had Donovan, Donovan was so great, arguably the greatest quarterback that this franchise has ever seen, but Donovan could run like the wind. And when you have a dual threat like that and the defense doesn't know, is he going to run or is he going to pass? Looks like he's going to pass. There he goes. Or he's running. Well, he just stopped and he, and he fired a dart downfield. I think that's something that you have to use to your advantage. And so maybe this will be one of those times because it's not that Carson can't run because he can. Um, certainly he can get to a get to a first down and get out of bounds. But but Jalen has moves. He's He's got bursts of speed. He's got agility. And by the way, did you see that pass he threw to Greg Ward in the end zone? I don't know how far it was officially. But that is a tough thing to do. He's rolling out yeah. right, and I think he might have been actually in the air when he flung it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so. Amazing. Yeah. And and to to just he needed to throw it with with some zip, but he also needed to throw it with some touch because he had to loft it in there, keep it in bounds, but throw it behind the defenders that were trailing Greg Ward. It was it was amazing. So yeah. I want I want to see more of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I want to see more of that. And uh, I would love to see something like that with uh, Jalen Rager. I really like I really like him. Yeah. I was watching uh, Good Morning Football this morning. I don't know if you ever watch it uh, on NFL yeah. Network. And, and um, actually, my, my daughter interned on the show when she, was, when she was in college. She interned one summer for Good Morning Football. But one of the things that they were saying is that Justin Jefferson – was taking what uh, a couple of picks after uh, uh, Jalen Rager, and so I mean when we know about C.D. Lamb and we know about all the other uh, receivers that maybe the Eagles could have taken, but because of that they want to see Jalen Rager do something, and I think that punt return for the touchdown was a was a real nice start. He does have the speed, and I, I hope they can use him to greater effect this weekend. I hope so. Yeah. That, that was, like, amazing to see that. I was so happy for him. Like, that was his, his like, super welcome to the NFL moment. Yeah, it was. It was. Also, um, and you may remember this, when, when Deshaun Jackson did it against the Giants years ago, what, what he dropped the ball when it stopped, right? He got the ball, he put it on the floor, gathered it up again, and boom. And then, <laughs> yep. I like that. And you know what? I'm wondering – how many touchdown punt return touchdowns have have had some some form or fashion of the punt returner dropping the ball for a second? I, I wonder if it makes the defense or the special teams defense kind of freeze up or like, whoa, what just happened? You, you know, and then he knows he, hey, I just dropped the ball. <laughs> now I got it back. There I go. So yeah. might not yeah. mean anything, but I always thought it's interesting that that touchdowns get scored that way. It is really impressive. Oh, just, 
like running fast all those defenders that's just is so impressive it is um, it, it is so impressive but remember it takes the whole team too and and you gotta you gotta get blocks going yeah that's what I was about to say good on the other guys though for getting them blocks yeah yeah who was the guy shoot I don't remember his name there was a punt returner was it was he for Cleveland several years ago? But but he or maybe it was Kansas City. But he 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 scored more punt return touchdowns than any guy. He was so fast. And uh, you need the speed. You need to be able to change direction real quickly. And you need the blocking of your teammates. And when you get that, then you're then you're a threat. But no one's looking for a touchdown. They're just looking for you to get as much yardage as you can. And he might be the guy to do it. The only thing is. The better he gets at wide receiver, sometimes you see them used less as a punt returner. You know, happened yeah. with Deshaun, happened with Shady, happened with, happens with a lot of guys. So uh, he's a little too valuable to just throw out there like raw meat. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> um, going back to Jalen Hurts, um, you can't you can't not feel bad for the guy. I mean. He's a rookie. He's coming into the NFL. Who would want to come into the NFL like this, into this quarterback drama? Yeah, except it's his opportunity. And you don't know how many times an opportunity like this is going to knock. So is it the way you want to come in in the middle of a quarterback controversy? Perhaps not. But remember, he played three years at the University of Alabama. And he, um, in his sophomore year, the Crimson Tide lost the national championship game. I think it was like 35-31. They lost to Clemson. And he was, um, he was benched at halftime. Uh, and then the next year, was that was his sophomore year. The next year, his junior year, Tua Nagavailoa, who is now the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, he came in at halftime of the national championship game, and Jalen was benched. Um, that was it. It was, I guess, it was his junior year. Jalen was benched his junior mm-hmm. year, and so Tua came in, had a real good second half, and the next year, um, they they kind of split duties for a while, and then Tua was named the starting quarterback for the University of Alabama, and so Jalen said, "I'm out." I'm not taking this stuff anymore. And he transferred to the University of Oklahoma, and he played really, really well. They were in the college football playoff, and he was, I just said, he was the runner-up to Joe Burrow for the Heisman Trophy, best college player in the country. And that was right before he got drafted. So, you know, he he has experienced the storm before, and and I think that's an important thing. It's not a small thing, you know. And, and we all have adversity in our lives. And what what they say you get you get knocked down five times you get up six, that's it's it's the same deal. It's it's all in here. And and he he was knocked down pretty good there to be uh, a quarterback for the University of Alabama, number one team in the country. And you you're playing off the hook, and he he was a great player for them. And then he just you know I guess Nick Saban felt he wanted a spark, and he put into a tag of Violoa in the second half, and that was the beginning of the end of Jalen's tenure at Alabama, transfers to Oklahoma, runner-up in the Heisman Trophy balloting, and ends up getting picked 53rd from the Eagles. So I'm thinking 
what we think is is an unfortunate situation, and this is not how you want your introduction to the NFL to go. He's thinking, man, I'm the starting quarterback this week for the Philadelphia Eagles. And if I throw three touchdown passes and 300 yards – and and you know and I, I I run like the wind and maybe I get a running touchdown, you know. Sorry for Carson, but he's going to start next week too. You know, yeah. he's going to start the the two games after that to finish the season. So, yeah. So um, I think he he would look at it pr- pretty good at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Earlier today, I saw I don't know if you saw, but uh, Jason Kelsey came out and said that the mess that is happening on the team isn't on just one player, and uh, he thinks it's on the entire offense. Um, and he doesn't feel like Carson should take all the blame. What do you feel? What do you think about that? Uh, I completely agree. Carson shouldn't take all the blame. But you know what? At the same time, Giovanni, there are certain positions in sports, uh, and not just f- players. It, it can be it can be general manager and coach. Um, look, we, we know that Jeffrey Lurie is the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. But who gets more attention between Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, and Doug Peterson? It's definitely Howie and Doug. And who gets more attention between Howie and Doug? During the season, it's Doug. When the season's over, it's Howie because everyone wants to know how you're going to rebuild the team, who you're going to draft, etc. So when you play quarterback in the national, not just in the National Football League, when you play quarterback in, in Pop Warner and junior high school and high school and college, the quarterback of, of, of all the positions you can play in sports, maybe hockey goalie, maybe, um, it most affects the game. And certainly the spotlight is most on the quarterback position. There's nothing similar in baseball. Maybe a pitcher, but a pitcher pitches only once every five days. Um, other than that, there's no, there's nothing similar in baseball. There's nothing similar in hockey other than the goaltender. And that's only when the rush comes his way, he's got to make a save. Um, and and the, the same with basketball. It's way more of a, of a team perspective. And football is as well. But the guy that everybody looks to to make something happen is quarterback. And I agree with Jason Kelsey that you can't put all of this on Carson Wentz. But at the same time, he's not just at the end of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. He's not just in the middle of the pack of the quarterbacks in the NFL. He's not just toward the bottom. He he is like second from the bottom. And there are guys who have weak offenses that are making something happen despite all they're faced with. And I think, I don't know what's going on with Carson, but something there's, there's something that is either giving him a crisis of confidence or or something's going on. You know, he had a concussion last year during that, that playoff game. And um, no one has brought that up. And I'm not a doctor, so so I don't know. But you, we, we know from watching sports that concussions can – the effects of concussions can linger sometimes. And he took himself out of that game against Seattle. And and um, so he must have been pretty banged up. And now he looks normal when he a- answers questions in post game news conferences. It looks like sounds like the same old Carson. But I always, I wonder whether or not because it doesn't make any sense that that guy's wide open, he's overthrowing him or he's bouncing the ball at his feet. It doesn't make any sense to me that he would play like that. So while I agree with Jason Kelsey that you can't p- pin all of this on Carson 
And if you don't have any protection when you go back to pass, you got to make decisions way more quickly than you otherwise would. And sometimes that causes you to rush it. But there are other things that that he can do that will would ensure his accuracy, like maybe rolling out a little bit to his right or his left, in particular to his right since he's a righty. Um, and Doug Peterson could help him in that way by calling more passes that move the pocket. So, um, yeah, having an offensive line that is interchangeable every single week, that's a difficult thing. Uh, having wide receivers that aren't the guys you thought you were going to be have at your disposal, and that includes the tight ends. I mean, Zach, uh, Zach Ertz had a high ankle sprain. He missed, what, five or six games? He, he just was not available. Uh, Dallas Goddard, to me, the, the Dallas Goddard, sometimes the book is still out. You know, uh, the, sometimes it looks like he does not know where he should be on the field, and that's an issue. Or when they line up, the, the, last year, I remember, I said to Seth Joyner, Barrett Brooks, and Ray Dittinger, we were watching the game, I said, Goddard doesn't look like he looks like he doesn't know what's going on. And they were like, yeah, right. And then they, they, they saw there was one play where Goddard, is yelling to, to Wentz, like, do I go here or do I, you know, and, and Wentz is telling him, no, man, you can't. And, and, and they all looked at me and they said, maybe he doesn't know where he's going. And so <laughs> that, that, that is, um, that's a concern. So, and then, you know, you had Zach say some things. They remember they, they did not extend Zach's contract. And so he, he kind of like got a little, you know, they don't want me here. They don't want to, you know, I, I want to spend the rest of my career here. And maybe they don't want that. I'm paraphrasing. It's not a quote. Um, and that's all the business of the sport that you've got to put aside when you play. And and so then then you got the situation with Alshon Jeffrey. They paid him a lot of money. They probably shouldn't have paid him that much money. He gets hurt. Then you have uh, Travis Fulgham in there. Fulgham plays, the, he's the best receiver in football for about five weeks. Then poof, he disappears. Then they, they put him in there last week, and he's in there with Jalen. What happens? Drops a ball that could have that could have sealed the game or won the game for the Eagles. So, anyway, yes, I, I agree with Jason Kelsey. But if you're going to get uh, the kind of money that Carson Wentz gets, if you want the adulation, you want to be known as one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL. You got to find a way to make some things happen. I, I, so. Coaching is an issue too. Um, the the as we know, the first drive is a is a script, and um, once that script is gone, it seems like everything just falls apart. Um, so to me, it's it's a lot coaching, and I really think that Doug needs help at least as an offensive coordinator. He needs an OC. Yeah, agree with you. He is the OC of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, I, I think that in any group, there's a, there's a dynamic. There's a feeling that we all get when you're when you're in class. You know, there's a certain feeling you get when you're in, you're in one classroom with one teacher that you get uh, from another classroom with another teacher. Or maybe when you're taking uh, art or social studies or a different class, you have a different group of, of, uh, of classmates in there. And there's a different feel in that class. And it's the same on a football team. We, you know, there, there, there's a feel. There's a certain chemistry. And I think the year that they won the Super Bowl in 2017 season, Frank Reich was the OC and John DeFilippo was the quarterback's coach. 
And Carson Wentz played out. He didn't play out of his mind. He played within his mind. He played. He played as he can. And I think that's because in his second year, there was a connection that he had with John DeFilippo, the quarterbacks coach. Same with Frank Reich. And and there was Doug calls it a collaboration. You know where everybody gets together and and everybody suggests plays, etc. And I thought the working relationship that they all had at that time, Doug, Frank Reich, John DeFilippo, and Carson Wentz was was um, was so strong and the chemistry was so strong that, that they were able to do everything that year. They were able to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And even when Nick came in and Nick was the quarterback, the chemistry remained intact intact because Nick's in that quarterback's room too. And and so he was studying all of that along with Carson. And that's that's a huge thing. Hey, remember who called the Philly special? It was Nick Foles. Yeah. Nick Nick goes to Nick goes to the sideline and he says, Philly, Philly. And Doug's looking through his, his plays. He goes, uh, yeah, that's not bad. I think I like that. And 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 then he he said, Let's go with Philly special. But yeah. that shows the collaboration between player and coach and the coaching staff and the and the quarterback that they would take his suggestion in the Super Bowl down at the I don't know where were they the one yard line three yard line it's amazing on a fourth down on a fourth down yes yeah. That's, yeah. on a fourth down that's make or break right there I should yeah. know better than the question whether you would remember what the heck was going on in the Super Bowl my, <laughs> my memory's gone we start doing this on TV, you know what I mean? Here we yeah. go. Giovanni and Michael, we're live. <laughs> yeah. If you have a family relying on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. That's where Policy Genius comes in. In minutes, Policy Genius could save you 50% or more simply by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. To save on life insurance and get protection for you and your family, head to policygenius.com today. Angie's List is now Angie. Summer is the perfect time to book your next home project. From lawn care to a new patio, Angie makes it simple to connect with pros who can get the job done right. See reviews, upfront pricing, and instantly book hundreds of projects. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, we'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with our happiness guarantee. Check out Angie.com and for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm. So I have a few questions for you uh, as a sports journalist. Yes, well, hold on. (laughs) Journalist, I don't know about that, but go ahead. <laughs> Did you always want to be a, a sports journalist? Of course not. I wanted to be what you wanted to be—a professional athlete. I would come on. What what little boy does want? I want to. Whether I don't care if I'm an NBA player, I'm a quarterback in the NFL. You know, I just wanted to play sports, get paid for it. That's all I wanted to do. And then I realized, you know, we we all have a little voice in our head tells us what we can and cannot do many times in our lives, even at a young age. And I thought, you know what, Michael, you're never going to do that. You're never going to be that. (laughs) You're good, but you're not that good. So I thought, okay, but I love sports. I want to stay around sports. So how can I do that? How can I I thought I'll, I'll be a sports reporter. I'll be a sportscaster. I'll make it my life's work. 
you know, it'd be like a professional baseball card trader, you know? um, So I thought that's what I'm going to do. How can I do that? Got to go to school for it. So that's when I went to, I went to Syracuse university, the SI Newhouse school of public communications. And I majored in broadcast journalism. And then I worked my way to this point where I'm here sitting, talking to you. (laughs) All one step after the next, Giovanni. One step after the next. Um, but yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Sorry. That's what I wanted to be a pro athlete. No, knew I couldn't. So I thought, how do I stay close to it? I'll be a sportscaster. Yeah, because I know with me, uh, I want I wanted to be a, a football player. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm going to be the next Tom Brady out here. Yeah. I'm going to be a quarterback, making a ton of money. Uh, but then reality caught up to me. Um, I obviously can't. So I thought, why not be a coach? You're right. Absolutely right. There's no reason you can't do that. You know what? I think we all there's a there's a, a line from a famous movie called Dirty Harry. Clint Eastwood plays this cop called Dirty Harry, and um, one of the, the line is, "Man's got to know his limitations." And, and I think we all need to know our limitations, but sometimes we can exceed our limitations. And and um, I think that's what that's what we all have to strive to do. And and you you never know what you can do until you try to do it. And and you you fail at it, or you know, are you are you on TikTok at all? Yeah, I love TikTok. My wife thinks I'm she thinks I'm insane. I am <laughs> I am on TikTok. I I won't go on until nighttime, till everything's done. But I can get lost for forty five minutes to an hour on TikTok like that. And and I think TikTok, unlike Facebook and Twitter, certainly, and some of the other social media, TikTok most of the time is positive. And it's about it's about people, you know, trying to help other people uh, reach their dreams, exceed their dreams, and I, and I think that's really important to note that that um, you know if if we really want it, like remember I said before, I don't know if we we had started yet, but I said all you have to do is learn right now. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm older than you; I'm 60 years old. I look back at that time and I think, man, if I just put more into it. Who knows? You know, who knows what I what I could have done? And it's not that I'm not successful now or I, I don't love my life now or not, I'm not enjoying my life because that's anything but true. I, I am. Um, and I'm very grateful and appreciative where where I've uh, gotten to in my life and my career. But I did it. You know what I mean? I, is there luck involved? Absolutely. But, I, you know, I still did it. I had a plan, all of that. Uh, now I'm not, I'm not Kevin Hart, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not Tom Hanks or Brad. I get all that, but, but I really believe that you, you can be almost anything you want to be. If you, if you set your mind to it, uh, almost anything you want to be. And I think about the times that I was your age and all I had to do was like one more, one more layup, one more push up, one more, uh, you know, piece of studying, and, and I'm like, nah, you know what? I'm, I, I got. I have all this time. I have all this time. And you do have time, but you know what? It goes fast. It goes really fast. Because I still feel like I'm. I, I still feel like I have as much energy as you. About <laughs> sixty, and you're thirteen. So it goes fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Make it happen, baby. Um, how did you get started as a journalist? Well. I went overseas to Vietnam, reported on the war. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I, 
let me see. How did I get started? Well, when um, when I left Syracuse, I went down to Washington, D.C., because my girlfriend at the time, her mom was a congresswoman, and she was down in D.C., and I followed her down there. And um, so my parents were like, okay, but you better get a job. And um, so I started calling around all the television stations in D.C. And I got to NBC News, 4001 Nebraska Avenue. And I talked to the bureau chief there. His name was Scott Goodfellow. And I said, hey, I'm looking for a desk assistant job or, you know, any kind of uh, entry level job. He's like, you don't want to work here. He was kind of busting my chops. I said, Yes, I do. I said, just just talk to me for a few minutes. I'll blow your socks off. And he, he started to laugh. He said, oh, all right, sure, come on in. I'll talk to you. And so I got a job there at NBC News. And um, uh, I was I was ripping wire copy and, and I was uh, um, stuffing the correspondence mailboxes with newspapers. And, and uh, I was just in general helping out with the production of NBC Nightly News with Tom Brokaw. And Roger Mudd, this was 1982, and I had just graduated Syracuse. And um, and I thought, you know what? Being a sportscaster, that's kind of silly. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of frivolous. Um, I'm, uh, what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to be a network correspondent. And, and um, uh, because news is really important. News moves the dial. People live and die based on news. People need the information. So I thought, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be a news person. And um, so I, uh, my girlfriend took her final semester abroad. Uh, there was nothing for me in D.C. And so I moved back home, central New Jersey, East Brunswick, New Jersey. And I w- began working at a television station called New Jersey Network, New Jersey Public Television. And, and um, can you hear the dog, by the way? Can you hear? The, can you hear? Yeah, I can hear. That's Raven. Yeah, Raven. <laughs> She's vicious, though. She's vicious. Um, and do I have a photo of Raven? No, I, I don't. That's her yapping. But anyway, so um, I got a job at New Jersey Network in Trenton, New Jersey, doing the same types of things as I was doing in Washington, D.C. at NBC News. And um, and so uh, I always went to work wearing a jacket and tie. Uh, and, I, you know, they say dress for the job that you want. And I thought, well, you know, I want to be a newscaster. I want to be a news reporter. And they would send me out on stories. And I would go out with a camera crew and I would go to the state house in Trenton and I would do interviews with the politicians. And, and I, would, I would say I was still living at home. I would say to my parents while we were watching New Jersey Network News, which aired on four UHF stations around the state and it aired on Channel 13 in New York. I would say, see, see that arm holding the microphone? That's my arm right there. I'm a star. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, but I would also write the weather forecast. They did not have a weatherman in the newscast. Uh, they the the news anchors would just read the weather because we we subscribed to a weather service, and I would take the weather service. I would, you know, get all the information, and I would put it in my own words and write up the script for the anchor people to read on the set. And so um, one night we got a blizzard. It's uh, February 11th, 1983. I was 22 years old. I was a newbie. And they said, weather is our top story. We don't have a weatherman? Are you kidding me? 
We need someone to deliver the weather. They turned to me dressed up in a suit and tie who wrote the weather every day and said, can you do it? And I was like, oh, my God, are you talking to me? <laughs> so I snapped into action. I called my folks. I'm going to be on tonight. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be. And um, it was so bad, Giovanni. You, you know, and my wife shows it to me. If I if I don't want to take out the garbage or anything, she'll, she'll show it to me. She'll say, look at this, pal. You're not so great. All right? I saw your first. <laughs> Terrible. And so um, – you know, weather, when you when you watch a, a newscast and you get to the weather part of the newscast, they're not they're not reading from a script. You know, they, they, the, if the newscast is, is uh, running really long, they tell the weather person to go short. If the newscast is running short, they tell the weather person to go long. But the weather person knows it up here. They're not reading from a script. But I read from a script that night. And it will clear up tomorrow, and it it was terrible. It was just just awful. <laughs> so, um, but I, I make a long story short. I I kept doing weather. They put weather in the newscast, and I kept doing weather. And then one day they fired the number one sports guy. They made the number two sports guy the number one sports guy, and they came to me, and they said, "How would you like to be our new backup sports guy?" And I said, no. And they said, what? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm the weatherman. I'm a starter. I'm, a, I'm not a backup. Are you kidding me? I'm a starting weatherman. I'm one of your starting four. And so I went home to my parents. And I said, they tried to offer me the backup sports guy. I told them to stick it. What do you think? They said, you're a moron. Are you kidding me? What do you think? All you ever wanted to do is sports. And now you're being offered the chance to do sports. And you're looking a gift horse in the mouth. So I went back the next day with my hat in hand. Here's my hat. I went with my hat in hand. And, and you know, here's my here's my hat. There's Syracuse right there, baby. And I said, I said, um, can I change my mind? And they let me change my mind. I became the backup sports guy. And then um, I guess it was a couple of months later, I was in Philadelphia at Channel 3. Worked there for five years. Then they told me I couldn't play in the sandbox anymore. That's what happened. Remember, we talk about adversity, right? Battling adversity. They said <clears throat> my contract was up. They didn't renew it. They said, you got to go. So I was crushed, obviously. I had met my wife at the end of my time at Channel 3. We got married. We moved to Boston. I got a job as the, as the sports director at a 10 o'clock news station up in Boston. I was there for five years. Uh, and then the Comcast Sportsnet started up. And my two friends with whom I'd worked at Channel 3, said, we're putting the band back together. You want to come back? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, what they there's, a, there's an old saying, you can never go home again. And I thought, I don't know if I can do this. I'm from central New Jersey. My wife's from Havertown, which is, you know, right outside of Philadelphia. And um, I thought, I don't know if this is going to work. So, but uh, I said yes, and um, the rest is history. Here I am talking to Giovanni Hamilton. That's a Hamilton, right? It's Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard? Have you seen the the musical Hamilton? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was just listening to it today. Ain't put away my shot. <laughs> Thank you for being on. That's it. I, wait, I, I have another hour. I have all this stuff prepared, and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me anytime uh just give a ring okay yep. all right i'm here
And so ends the podcast. What, Philly Sports? Would you- What's going on, everybody? It's Eagles Brawl co-host Connor Miles. I just want to let you know about our partnership with DraftKings. Football is here, and so is your shot at millions. Thanks to our sponsorship with DraftKings, all new players can play for free for millions with your first deposit. So let me just let you know how it works real quick. So you go to DraftKings and you create your first ever DFS account with DraftKings. You make a deposit, minimum $5, and DraftKings will credit your account with a free entry to numerous of contests that can win you millions. Just go to dkng.co slash brawlpod to play. That's dkng.co slash b-r-a-w-l P-O-D to play. Quick act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details and go over there and sign up and support your favorite Eagles podcast, Eagles Brawl. What's going on, everybody? It's Connor Miles, co-host of the Eagles Brawl here. I just want to give a quick shout out to one of our sponsors. That's Manscaped. Go ahead. The holidays are here. It's time to get your loved ones trimmed and nicely trimmed. That is by going to manscaped.com and using promo code brawl. That's B-R-A-W-L to get 20% off your order plus free shipping. You know it. He knows it. He needs to trim up. Go to manscaped.com. Get 20% off your order and free shipping when using promo code BRAWL, B-R-A-W-L. Support your favorite Eagles podcast, Eagles Brawl, when purchasing an item off of Manscaped.com and also take care of that person you love. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.